الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورايت الناس يدخلون في دين الله افواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفره انه كان توابا صدق الله العظيم most respected of my kiram brothers and elders this is a very well known surah to all of us we recited perhaps in our salah often one of the surahs in the last 10 surahs of the quran sharif so all generally by heart these last 10 surahs so we are all familiar with the surah once hazrat umar ibn khattab radhiyallahu ta'ala an he asked the sahaba a question and the question was that what is the meaning of the surah what was really being said in the surah so many said different things eventually hazrat abdullah bin abbas radhiyallahu ta'ala an who was a very young sahabi at that time so he asked him and he said that in the surah rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was informed that your time to depart from this dunya has come now outwardly that's not the wording of the surah in the surah allah taala says iza jaa nasrullah wal fath that when you see the help of allah taala come and when you see the open and clear victory allah taala has blessed and wa raaitan nas yadkhuluna fi deen allah afwaja and when you now see people coming into the deen of islam in huge numbers in groups and upon groups then when this becomes apparent and clear fasabbih bihamdi rabbika wastaghfir now tremendously engage in glorifying allah tbaraka wa taala in expressing the tasbih of allah tbaraka wa taala and also in istighfar innahu kana tawwaba allah taala is most forgiving so outwardly the wording of the surah doesn't indicate anything about any departure any demise abdullah bin abbas radiyallahu ta'ala an he understood this and this is what was understood when the surah was revealed at that time it was barely 80 days prior to the departure of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam from dunya it was on the occasion of hajjatul wada and when the surah was revealed sayyidina abu bakr siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala an he began crying So some looked at him in astonishment that what is he crying about and he said that what rasulullah sallallahu alaihi has been informed in this surah is about his time to leave dunya that his mission is now complete when he will see the droves of people coming into deen the clear victory so this is that very very crucial time now he understood it so this was a very very important surah we gave this indication that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam his time on earth has now is coming to a end and he will be going on to meet allah tbaraka wa taala and apart from this surah there were many other indications that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself gave when he was dispatching hazrat muaz ibn jabal radhiyallahu ta'ala anhu to yemen the lengthy incident but at that time while sending him off he said to him that perhaps when you come back you may not meet me وَلَعَلَّكَ أَن تَمُرَّ بِمَسْجِدِ هَذَا وَبِقَبْرِهِ You will pass by my masjid 
you'll pass by my grave. And Mu'az now starts sobbing. Nabi Islam already gave these indications beforehand. So in the surah also was the same indication, was this information to Nabi Islam that you are going to now leave soon from dunya. So there are certain lessons that were then very, very pertinent. What happened in these last few days, in that final illness of Rasulullah sallam, what was his parting advice to the ummah? So these are the few things that we will briefly touch on. Some of the incidents that happened in this last illness, some of the advice that Nabi Islam gave, his entire life from beginning to end was lesson. Nabi Islam came into dunya, that too brought about so many changes. And then when Nubuat came, then from that moment of Nubuat, right till that last breath, Nabi Islam was constantly giving lesson and hidayat to people, giving them encouragement to deen, guiding them. Right till that last breath we will see this now, to what extent Nabi Islam engrossed himself in passing on this message to the Ummah. And what was he so concerned about in these last moments? In any case, among the incidents that happened in the final illness of Rasulullah approximately the last 13 days of his life, Nabi Islam took ill, and then gradually as the days passed, this illness intensified. Initially, in the first few days, with much difficulty, he was still managing to come to the masjid. Sometimes supported by two sahaba. Sometimes the narrator says, I can still visualize the feet, Mubarak feet of Rasulullah almost dragging along. But he's coming to the masjid. Coming to the house of Allah Taala to perform the salah. Until one of the nights, it was a time of Isha, and Nabi Islam took very ill. And then he asked, he was not even fully in a state of consciousness, became conscious. Then he asked that, Asallan Nas, have the Sahaba already performed the Salah? So the reply somebody gave that, La, hum yantazirunak. No, they haven't yet performed the Salah, they're waiting for you. That you will perhaps come and leave the Salah still. So Nabi Islam said, okay, quickly, I need to take a bath to, he was in a state of semi-consciousness, so they put a tub, and then Nabi Islam sat in that tub, and they poured water over him to take this ghusl. Thereafter, this ghusl was over, he tried to stand up. But this exertion was so much, that he fell unconscious again. After a while, Nabi Islam gained consciousness, immediately again the same question, Asallam Nas, has the salah been performed already? Sahaba say, La hum People in the house who are around, they say, La hum No, they're waiting for you. Again, the same procedure. Okay, let me take a bath again. Again, Nabi Islam takes his bath. And now, when he tries to start moving again, again falls unconscious for the second time. Again, regains consciousness. And again, for the third time, the same question, Asallam Nas. Has the salah been performed yet with jama'ah? He says, no, they're still waiting. Nabi Islam tries to go for the third time to the masjid, to the house of Allah Ta'ala. But for the third time again, he falls unconscious. Then when he stands, regains consciousness, now he says, Muru Aba Bakrin Falyusalli bin Nas. Now it's not going to be possible for me to go to the masjid. 
after falling unconscious three times, after trying to go to the masjid, taking a ghusl to get little fresh and gain some strength, but after three times falling unconscious, finally Nabi Salaam says, Muru Aba Bakrin bin Nas. Now give the instruction to Abu Bakr, let him lead the salah for the sahaba. Allah Ta'ala willed this to happen in this way, so that in the very lifetime of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it will become apparent to everybody, that when Nabi Islam couldn't lead the salah himself, which is the greatest pillar of Islam, after Iman, and which is the most important injunction of Allah Ta'ala, and which Nabi Islam himself led throughout his life, now when he was not able to do it himself, who did he appoint in his place? This was the indication that who became his naib and his vicegerent and his khalifa in performing the salah will become his khalifa after he departs from dunya. So in any case, this happened few days before the demise of Rasulullah This highlights to us what extent of importance Rasulullah gave to the salah with jama'ah. That falling unconscious three times. And who? The most beloved of Allah Ta'ala. Regarding whom Allah Ta'ala revealed in the Quran Sharif. لِيَغْفِرَ لَكَ اللَّهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِن ذَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَّرَ That you are totally masoom, sinless. There will never be a blot of the slightest sin on you ever. But that salah with jama'ah was given this degree of importance. Nevertheless, in this time, in this final illness, Nabi Islam was extremely ill. One of the days, he asked Hazrat Fadl ibn Abbas to help him, support him. And he, with the help of another sahabi and Fadl ibn Abbas, Nabi Islam comes into the masjid, his Mubarak. His Mubarak head is bandaged very tightly because of the severe headache that he was experiencing. In this condition, Nabi Islam comes into the masjid and asks Fadl ibn Abbas to gather the Sahaba to call for them. Everybody comes in. Nabi Islam comes onto the mimbar. And then he says, my time has come. I can see my time has come very close. And it's also come the time for me to return the rights of people. What rights anybody had over Rasulullah But this was again a very, very great message to the Ummah. Allah's Nabi in this condition, he can barely walk. He needs the help of two Sahaba to come to the masjid. But he comes to the masjid to give this khutbah. And he addresses the sahaba. And he says that the time has come to now return the rights of people. And then he addresses the sahaba. That, وَمَنْ جَلَبْتُ لَهُ ظَهْرَهُ فَهَادَ ظَهْرِهِ فَاسْتَقِبْ مِنْ If I ever hit anybody on his back, this is my back, come take revenge now. وَمَنْ شَتَمْتُ لَهُ عِرْدَهُ فَهَذَا عِرْدِي فَاسْتَقِدْ مِنْ If I ever said anything against the honor of any person, I hurt somebody's feelings in any way. Take revenge now. Here I am presenting myself to you. Come take revenge now. If I have taken anybody's wealth, come claim it now. Please take it now. Then the beast goes further to say, 
And nobody should ever think that if I come to take revenge about anything, then Nabi Sallallahu might begrudge me in some way. فَلَيْسَ الشَّحْنَاءُ مِن وَلَا مِن Having any malice in my heart, begrudging anybody, having any dirt in my heart, this is not my nature. Neither it behoves of me. My heart is never having any dirt with any, regarding anybody. And this is on one occasion what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam addressed Anas Ta'ala an. And he said to him, Ya Bunaya, O my beloved son, keep your heart clean of malice. In qadarta an tusbiha wa tumsiha, wa laysa fi qalbika ghishun li ahadin faf'al. This is the sum total of it. Keep your heart completely clean of malice. Of any dirt regarding anybody. And then Nabi Islam goes on to say, فَإِنَّ ذَٰلِكَ مِن سُنَّتِي Oh my son, that's my way. That's how I keep my heart. وَمَنْ أَحَبَّ سُنَّتِي كَانَ مَعِي فِي الْجَنَّةِ And the one who will love my sunnah, he will be with me in Jannah. This heart being completely clean, not harboring any dirt for anyone. This was the way of Rasulullah wasallam, And this is what now on this occasion he's saying, don't ever let this thought cross the mind that perhaps now if somebody comes to take some revenge of some sort, no, no, I'm presenting myself. Because settling this right now in this dunya is far better than having to settle it in the akhirat. So eventually Nabi Islam repeats this. So one sahabi says, you owe me three dirhams. Okay, very well. We don't take any qasam from anybody. We don't belie anyone. But just for the information, how come I'm owing you these three dirhams? I don't remember it. He says, once somebody asked you for some, he came to ask for some help, some assistance. I was standing nearby. You said, okay, give it to him. I will sort you out later. And it happens sometimes. Now, this happened just in a passing moment. And this person just did it on behalf of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Perhaps this occasion was for him to take the tabarruk of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah's Nabi Islam will give it to me. Otherwise, he had no real issue with it. But he took this. He came and asked for it. Nevertheless, there were various things on this occasion. Then Nabi Islam says, anybody wants to ask for any dua, ask for it now. Some sahaba ask, stand. They make dua, ask for dua. Then Nabi Islam comes to the woman in, who were gathered in the house of Hazrat Aisha Siddiqah radiallahu ta'ala anha. And he addresses them. And similarly, he says to them. On this occasion, he also said, I won't even suffice with saying this once. I will come and say it again. After Zuhar Salah, he came, he climbed the mimbar again. He repeated the same message. There's my back if I have hurt anybody. There's my honor if I have said anything to hurt anybody's feelings. My wealth, anybody got a claim, come claim it now. This was the message Rasulullah left in the last days of his Mubarak life in dunya. The rights of people. Then, in the last and final moments, while Rasulullah was in this dunya, now he is on this deathbed. And among the wasaya, the wasiyat, the parting advices he gave, among the things, one of the things he mentioned, أَخْرِجُوا الْمُشْرِكِينَ مِنْ جَزِيرَةِ Arab. Remove the mushrikeen, the idolaters, and one rewrite also the Yahud, from this Arabian Peninsula, remove them. Because their influence mustn't come anywhere. Nabi Islam even said that, I don't fear that you're going to commit shirk, but I fear that you're going to start vying with one another in amassing dunya. Somebody's got something, I must have something better. Somebody's driving something, I must drive something better. 
Somebody has built something, I must build something better. This is what I fear about you. And when this starts off, you will destroy yourselves like the people before you destroyed one another. Destroyed themselves. So this was among the parting advices. Remove the mushrikeen. One is removing the mushrikeen physically. But the whole object of that was to stay safe from the influence of the mushrikeen. To stay safe from the influence of the Yahud and Nasara. Nowadays, perhaps the mushrikeen may not be anywhere close to sometimes people there in the Makkah, Mukarramah, Madinah, Munawwara, or wherever in the world sometimes a person has no interaction sometimes with mushrikeen. But the big question is how much of their influence is in our lives? How much of influence of the Yahud and Nasara in our lives? Keeping them away. No, we will respect every human being as a human being. We'll fulfill the rights of every human being. We'll treat every human being with justice. We will not harm any human being. And if any human being, no matter the worst atheist, if he's dying of hunger, we'll feed him, we'll get rewarded for it. But as far as our way of life is concerned, how we live our life, there will be no influence allowed of anybody else. The only influence, the influence of Sayyidina Rasulullah So that is the very big lesson that was given here. Keep their ways of life out of our life. Whether it's in our weddings, whether it's in our funerals, whether it is how we bring our children up, whether it's how we have our homes, how we conduct our business, whether it is that way of business that we keep ourselves far away from the system of the Yahud, of that interest-based system, which is the total lanat of Allah ta'ala. And then again, to, together with that, Nabi Salaam mentioned that the last parting words, As-salah wa ma malakat imanukum. Be careful about your salah, be careful about your treatment of your slaves, your subordinates, those you have authority over. As-salah wa ma malakat imanukum. Nabi Islam continued repeating it. The Sahaba say, until the time came, his tongue was too weak to say it anymore. We could just hear that sound coming from his Mubarak chest. As-salah wa ma malakat imanukum. And saying these words, Allahumma rafiq al-a'la. Ya Allah, the greatest and highest companions, Ya Allah, get me with them. And saying this, Rasulullah Islam departed from this dunya. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the true appreciation for the sacrifices that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi made. And how he exerted himself in those last and final days and moments of his Mubarak life to leave us with a message. Let us take that message to heart. Let us bring that salah in our lives, punctuality. Let us be in the house of Allah Ta'ala for the salah with jama'ah. Let us fulfill the rights of people. Let us do what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has advised us. In this way we will gain the success of dunya and the everlasting success of akhirat. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.